Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast Time. Welcome to the show. News update. Just so much news coming from the 49ers. I had to get on and talk about it. Of course, if you want to go ahead and leave questions in chat, have a conversation as well, go ahead and do so. We'll have a lot of fun with this. It's always nice being live in the middle of the day, in the middle of the afternoon. So, um, But let's get into some of the things that happened. And there were a lot of moves that the 49ers uh, made. Uh, the first off signing T.Y. McGill yesterday, defensive tackle, and he's been around the league. He's been in the league for seven years, looking to kind of build up that interior defensive line. And I thought that was a solid move because of all the question marks. And Kyle Shanahan kind of get into some of the defensive tackle question marks. That is that Javon Kinlaw traveled with the team, but Eric Armstead didn't. So Eric Armstead is not in West Virginia. He's not going to be playing against the Atlanta Falcons. That is already known. But he said he wasn't ready to put him on IR yet. But T.Y. McGill is now available in case the 49ers need him. They've already been using Spence. They've brought him up twice. So the 49ers making sure they have an interior defensive line help. They also play Kerry Hyder inside. They play Charles Amenehue inside. They're just insulating themselves continually. That's what they're having to do to take care of these problems. And what is up, Shooter? Welcome to chat. So that was the first one. And then, of course, we knew because of the injuries that had happened in the game, including one to kicker Robbie Gold 
that the, they were going to have to keep making moves, and they did. They signed a kicker yesterday, and Sam Sloman, it became official today to their practice squad. Sloman was originally drafted by the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he played there. He's played in Pittsburgh. He's a guy that's, you know, going to be on the practice squad just in case. And Kyle Shanahan said today in his presser that they're hoping Robbie Gold's going to be able to go, and they're going to test it either Thursday or Friday to see if he is. It's a, it's a leg. It's a contusion on his leg, his plant leg, not his kicking leg. Um, so if he's going to be able to you know, deal with that pain, he'll be able to play. But Sloman is there just in case. The 49ers also made another move because they brought Marlon Mack back. Yesterday, they released Marlon Mack from the active roster. Today, they brought him back to the practice squad. So Marlon Mack will be with this 49ers team moving forward, just a member of the practice squad, not the 53-man. But a player going from 53-man to the active roster is Tevin Coleman. I don't think that's a surprise after the game that he had against the Panthers. He did a really good job, and he came in and executed at a high level And what Kyle Shannon asked, and Kyle Shannon trusts him. So Tevin is going to be a part of the active roster. Marlon Mack, of course, you know, he was inactive, one of the inactives at the game, and he's not somebody the foreigners have counted on so far, even though he did play special teams and has had a fumble recovery on special teams. That's not enough. He hasn't got a single carry for the 49ers. I kind of wish he did. He's one of those guys I want to see carry the football. But the way Tevin played, I can't argue with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's decision to go ahead and put him on the active roster. And what is up, everyone in chat? Uh, what is up, Joe? How's it going? Uh, hope you guys are having a go. What's up, Uncle Rob? How you doing? Uh, Uncle Rob's been sending me some funny stuff all day today. So Shooter49 says this Niners defense has given up too many TDs as they have two this year. Yeah, right? I mean, the defense has been absolutely fantastic, and they've been overcoming injuries, you know, and officially Emmanuel Mosley is on the IR. Emmanuel Mosley is not going to be uh, helping this football this team this year, and the Warriors are going to have to make some moves, and, you know, there's a lot of players that they can still uh, you know, play. They got Guillermo Lenore, they got Ombre Thomas, they got Samuel Womack, decisions on the outside, and of course, the questions around Jason Brett. We know Jason Brett will be the starter at some point. Kyle Shanahan said that earlier this week, that Jason Brett will start op uh, opposite of Charvarius Ward once he is healthy and ready to go. When that is, though, is a bigger question, because you got to make sure you work him in slowly, and they're going to be very careful with the way they play Jason Brett you know, on the turf. And that's something that people have been coming into chat and saying for a while. And um, I think that's important to remember. I wonder how much Verrett, if any, he would play against Atlanta. They probably would like to play him on natural grass against Kansas City. And then that way he only has one game on turf against the Rams before a bye. He could be able to get healthy after that. That might be something to consider. I think that's something similar to what they're doing with Trent Williams as well. I expect Trent Williams to be ready to go against Kansas City. But I don't expect to see him before that because of the turf. The turf is affecting people. Uh, just today, Kyle Shanahan announced that Aaron Banks and Samson Ebucom are missing practice because they're dealing with tendonitis. And the tendonitis is from the field. So basically, they're sore. Their bodies are hurting. It's tough that you have to play on those surfaces. I don't know how many people have played or walked on those surfaces. If you're on that surface for an entire day just walking, your body's going to feel it let alone going out there and playing 60 minutes of NFL football and being real physical and getting tackled on it. It is not an easy thing to deal with. So the 49ers are having to deal with some of those things, but uh, he's, you know, he's very optimistic about Ebucom, very optimistic about Aaron Banks as well. So I think that is really, really good. And that's what you have to have, right? You have to have that. Um, Ward and Verrett, yeah, hoping for Ward and Verrett to be able to do as many things 
um, that they can. So I'm, I'm really, really appreciate it. And Count Club says, cutback, what's going? Good, checking out from the Atlanta. Can't wait to see the gang Sunday. Go Niners. Uh, Atlanta's going to be hot this weekend. I mean, that's the thing. It's going to be a 49ers takeover. We already seen the Panthers get salty about the fact, you know, that their uh, whole stadium was taken over by 49er fans. Well, get ready. It's going to happen in, in Atlanta as well. The 49ers faithful travel better than any other team in the NFL. And, and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, it's really cool how this community continues to grow. It's exciting. And I think that's one of the things that the 49ers look and count on. I mean, Jeff Wilson Jr. talked about it was basically a home game in Carolina whenever Kyle Juszczyk made a big play. Debo made a big play. You heard, you know, juice. I mean, it's so impactful for this football team. That's got to make them feel better. And that's why the 49ers play pretty good on the road over the last few years is the way the faithful travels and gives them that help. And what's up to everyone in chat? I hope you guys are having a good one. What's up, Spy Nick Danger? Always, always good to see you. And and Joe is saying, uh, no more turf. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm done with the turf as well. I don't want to see these injuries. Uh, it's it's not cool. Uh, we don't want to see, you know, these guys continuing to get hurt. It's just, it's nothing that you want to, you know, be excited about. Now, to make room on the practice squad for Slowman, for Marlon Mack, the 49ers released their quarterback uh, that was on there, Kurt Benkert. Uh, they had signed him back after the Trey Lance injury. They brought Benkert in because they just wanted to make sure they had three quarterbacks. Well, now they're going ahead and moving on from him. Uh, so he moves on, and the 49ers don't have a third quarterback currently on roster or on practice squad. Now, there were other notable things that happened as well. Uh, there was a lot of comments about Jimmy Ward. So Jimmy Ward played two snaps in the game. The opening kickoff is where he hurt his hand. First kickoff, uh, he broke his hand, and he had surgery on Tuesday. And Kyle Shanahan gave an update that they put a cast on it, um, and he has a chance to play in a few weeks. So maybe coming out of the bye, Jimmy Ward could potentially play. They said he's going to play with the cast, depending on how he's able to deal with it. So he's got to get used to playing with a cast on his hand like a club. It is going to make it difficult for him to have any interceptions, of course. It makes tackling a little bit more difficult as well. You don't have that grip to be able to grab on and grab uh, players and bring them to the ground, but uh, you can still do it, and he can still use his instincts. He can still knock the ball away. All those things will still be there. So it's all going to be about what Jimmy Ward can handle and how he's going to be able to handle you know, playing on the field without using one of his hands. So that is good news, though, that at least the injury isn't uh, as much that Jimmy Ward wouldn't be able to play. So we'll see uh, exactly when he comes back. My guess would be the Chargers would probably be the first time we see Jimmy Ward, even though if I had my guess, Jimmy Ward's going to want to be out there against the Rams for their second meeting because I'm sure he wants to play them. He always has tremendous tremendous success against the Los Angeles Rams. So what's up, Ernest? Welcome to chat. Uh, he says Falcons had pits. Uh, yeah, and there's... There's uh Pitts is is hurt right now too. He's dealing with a hamstring. We'll see if he's able, you know, to come back or not. That's uh that's gonna be a big question. Um, as far as Nick Bosa goes, and this is somebody that I'm sure most 49er fans want to know about. Nick Bosa, if it was a game today, he would not be able to play. He did not practice. He's still dealing with it. But uh, Kyle Shanahan said missing practice today is not a signal that Nick Bosa won't be ready to go here in the near future, I won't be able to play against Atlanta. Do I think Nick Bosa is going to play against Atlanta? No, I don't. I think it would be nice and cautious to let him sit out another week. 
you could probably beat the Atlanta Falcons without Nick Bosa. Uh, it, it makes it a lot more difficult. This pass rush definitely changes without Bosa out there. He makes it easier for every other defensive player on the field, including the defensive line, the linebackers, everybody. So without Nick Bosa, D'Amico Ryans will have to get more creative with the way he schemes things up, the way he brings pressure. But they were without Nick Bosa for most of the game last week against Carolina and still walked away with six sacks because of the way D'Amico Ryans blitzed and pressured Baker Mayfield. D'Amico Ryans can do that again. D'Amico Ryans can confuse Marcus Mariota. Now, Mariota is more of a run threat than Baker Mayfield, but there is opportunities to go ahead and confuse uh, Marcus Mariota, get after him and get sacks. It just might not all be by the defensive line. It might be by a variety of different players. And really, when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter how you get home just as long as you get home. But the good news is they're talking with things like he has a chance to play, which means that the tightness of the groin is at least something they're not worried about being an eventual groin pull or a surgery or anything like that. So you're going to monitor him over the next you know few weeks. I think you'd love for him to play against Kansas City. But it's not an NFC game. NFC game, so uh, losing that game isn't the end of the world. Yeah, you want to win it, but as far as on the totem pole, it's better to beat Atlanta. It's way better to beat the Los Angeles Rams in a few weeks. That's more important than beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Even though I'm sure we all want them to beat the Chiefs, because well, we all remember the Super Bowl and we just want that. Uh, KNDR says the club equals plus twenty five percent intimidation. Love that. I, yeah, right? Just start swinging the club at people. Uh, it'll get it done. Joe says Pitt's back in practice today. So Pitt's will probably play then if he's back at practice. I hadn't seen that yet. What is up, John? How's it going? Sac Francisco in the house. Says, What's up, Coach Ant? Uh, doing a, I'm doing good, man. I'm enjoying the day. Enjoying talking 49ers. It's always good. And Joe coming with the knowledge that Pitt's is back at practice. So Pitt's will likely play. And the 49ers will have to make some decisions on how to cover him and, and London. And, and Zacchaeus, they have some talent over there in Atlanta. You just don't know what you're going to get from Marcus Mariota. Are you going to get the four, you know, the touchdowns? Or are you going to get the four picks? Uh, he does turn over the football. So Ernest says, do you think the Niners going to all in this season and get at least one more big signing, something like the Rams did last year? I think John Lynch would definitely uh, be willing to do that. He was willing to do with Emmanuel Sanders. They have an abundance of draft picks uh, draft picks in the in next year's draft, not to mention if D'Amico Ryans leaves during the offseason, you're going to pick up another uh, two comp picks, third-round comp picks, that you can also bolster that. You're just not going to use all those draft capital with how deep your roster is. Plus, you throw in the fact that Rand Carthon is also somebody the 49ers could lose a front office guy, and you could get comp picks from him too. So four more comp picks in the next couple of drafts means the 49ers definitely have the firepower to go out and get someone. Can they financially make it work? That's a little bit more tricky. They have money right now, but not a lot. But yeah, they can go out and make a move. And if they believe a move will get them over the top, I fully expect John Lynch to do that because they're in a better situation than they were last year. The roster is really stacked. They have a lot of really good football players. So if they need a move to get them over the top, they can. Last year, they were struggling at the, at the point of the trade deadline. Uh, so they didn't really go out and make a splash move. They got Charles Aminahue, which flew under the radar and now looks absolutely fantastic. More, you know, good by the scouts, good by John Lynch, always keeping their ear to the ground and finding those. So John Lynch will turn over every stone looking for an opportunity to make this team better. And I think that's what he'll do in this case as well. And of course, there's a lot of uh, Carolina Panthers that are, I guess, on the, the block after Matt Rule got fired. Uh, I've heard 
a, a lot of guys, including uh, Brian Burns, uh, Christian McCaffrey, which are interesting names. I don't know if the Warriors would be willing to take on huge salary, but if they felt like they could do something to get them over the top, maybe they would. Now, McCaffrey is interesting because I believe there is an easy out in 2023, so you don't really have to endure the entire contract. You can kind of get out from under it. That is interesting, but I don't know if the Fortnite would trade for a running back. I just I, they got Elijah Mitchell coming back, you know, after the bye week. So we're getting really close to getting those guys back. A twisted clown says D'Amico to the Panthers. I think the Panthers would be so smart to bring in D'Amico Ryan's at the end of the season. D'Amico Ryan's should be a head coach next year. He is fantastic. He's an absolutely not only tremendous football mind, but a leader of men. And the way that he goes about his business day in and day out. He's, he's what you want for a coach in this league. He's a guy that can turn around a program in a heartbeat. And I think that D'Amico Ryans will be a head coach. Somebody's going to give him that opportunity. And I think he'll do a really good job because he's a very smart guy, um, but also just understands how to deal with people. He understands the game. He understands nuances of dealing with people compared to the game. I think that D'Amico is going to be a fine coach in this league for years to come. And I think that's what you... uh. Ultimately, that will make Kyle Shanahan proud. Those are the kind of leaders we want in this league, but I'll hate to see D'Amico Ryans go. D'Amico Ryans is one of my favorites. The way he schemes up defense has been fantastic all year, and that's exactly what I expect from him moving forward wherever he goes. He's going to figure out a way to win because uh, he's a winner, and uh, I think that's one of the things I like the most about him, but I'll hate to lose him. Then the Warriors will be on the search again to find another defensive coordinator. Uh, it's tough. On on Wednesday's practice, Eric Armstead, of course, did not practice. Went over that a little bit. He did not travel with the team. So he is not in West Virginia and will not play against the Atlanta Falcons. Sure, he's going to be reevaluated later on. My guess is that they're hoping Armstead will be back by the Chargers game uh, after the bye week. Give him plenty of time. They don't want to put him on IR, but he's going to need time. And it's a foot and ankle. It's not just a plantar fasciitis, but the other foot was bothering him as well. That's actually what got him to come out of the Rams game. Kinlaw still dealing with fluid on the knee. We'll see what happens there. And, of course, we talked Ebucom already. Uh, but Trent Williams, you know, he's still got his ankle. I think he's getting close. Last week before the game, he got a little bit of work on the field, him and Jason Verrett. So that is good news. They're inching closer. But you don't really want Trent Williams playing against Atlanta on that turf when you could play him at home against Kansas City on the grass. I think that's a safer situation. Um, and just get him ready for the Los Angeles Rams. That's a big win, a big uh game against the Rams. If they were to win that game, 49ers would take an absolute stranglehold on the NFC West. They already have the lead, um, but 3-0 in the division with two wins over the Rams would make it really tough for the Rams to be able to win the division against the 49ers. So those are things to remember. And uh, the 49ers had a couple of other things going on as well. Tight end Tyler Croft is now limited in practice. That's good news. Croft has been out since week two, but now Croft is going to be starting to work his way back in. And he was making plays early on in this season. So let's see what the 49ers do with Tyler Croft. They never put him on IR, so uh, they're hoping he's going to be back and maybe he'll come back against Atlanta. Wide receiver Danny Gray missed practice because of an illness. Uh, so last, you know, a couple weeks ago was the hip. Now it's an illness. Danny Gray's missing practice here and there. We talked about Banks and his knee. And, of course, uh, Tarverius Moore has been hurt with the hamstring, but he will be limited in practice. That's good news. Knowing that Tarverius Moore is starting to work back, that's huge for the special teams. One of the problems with the special teams this week was, you know, outside contain. That's something Tarverius Moore can do. So missing those guys, Oren Burks not playing as much special teams because he started at linebacker. 
those are things the Warriors are going to have to evaluate and make sure they have those really good players out there on special teams. It's very, very important um, to have them out there because uh, your special teams cannot struggle. You have to have them. Ernest says, the Panthers was willing to trade McCaffrey at the beginning of the preseason. I hope they get, I hope the Niners get them. I was hoping that they would get the guy as a game changer. Uh, when it comes to Christian McCaffrey, I seen a, like a top six landing spots. The 40 yards were on the list. Of course, anytime you have ties uh, to the McCaffrey family, the way Kyle Shanahan does, the way his dad, Mike does. I mean, literally uh, Ed McCaffrey was Kyle Shanahan's favorite player. Ed McCaffrey, of course, Christian McCaffrey's dad. Uh, there are direct connections between the two, the family. He's an explosive player. Uh, he's got some, he's had some health concerns. He looks healthy now and he looked explosive against the 49ers. That 19-yard run where he cut back, it was fantastic. He made Tao know who Fonga missed in the open field. So, I mean, McCaffrey is a big-time weapon. He would fit in Kyle Shanahan's system, no doubt. Uh, Kyle would have a one-two punch with him and Elijah Mitchell that I don't think Kyle's ever had at any point in his career. That would be a fantastic grouping. But um, do you want to spend the draft capital? What's it going to take to get him? And do you want to spend the money? Because Christian McCaffrey does not come cheap. And I think that's what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have to weigh. But if Christian McCaffrey wanted to come to the 49ers, it's just like Trent Williams. You can always somewhat force your way to a certain you know spot if they want to go ahead and move you. Um, but I would put that on the unlikely, although I would be super excited if it happened. I mean, that would be a game changer for sure. Joe says Pitts only has uh, has played four games, three of which he did not surpass 25 scrimmage yards. Only a decent game, five of 87, but against soft C-downs. Uh, our sea clowns. Um, yeah, you know, uh, he hasn't had a big season. Uh, London hasn't had a big season. I think they've had pretty good. London's had the better of the two. So I think that they're going to have some you know, decisions on how they want to go ahead and take these guys away. I think it would be a little bit easier with Jimmy Ward. This was kind of the matchup that I was looking forward to was Pitts against Jimmy Ward because I thought Ward could have done a really good job against Kyle Pitts. But now the Foreigners are just getting more creative with it. I expect them to take him away and make somebody else beat them but they're also going to probably have to help whoever starts at the other corner spot, whether that's Yamra Lenore or Samuel Womack. Helping them is going to be very important. So safety help over the top is something the foreigners haven't had to do because they had Mosley and they had Ward. Uh, but now they'll probably have to do that from time to time. Make sure you don't get too many one-on-one -on -one matchups on the outside unless one of these guys are going to be able to go do it and lock it down, which that would be fantastic. Joe says CMC played in Stanford, so hopefully he'll come back for a pay cut. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to take a pay cut, not with the way that he's been injured uh, so far this year. I, I think, yeah, you're you're right. You want him to be, you want him to come take a pay cut, but I don't think any player will actually want to take a pay cut. And I think he's especially one of those guys that wants to get paid, unless he's interested in winning a Super Bowl already. But I think he's a little early in his career for that. Still, Alex says D'Amico needs to stay. Give him three million or three years at two hundred and fifty million extension. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, there's no. A uh, rule that says you can't overpay a defensive coordinator. I think you would like to do it. Clemson did it for a long time with Will Venable, and uh, they wanted to keep him around. And I think the 49ers definitely would love to keep D'Amico Ryans, but you know he's a competitor. He's going to want to do it at the highest level, and the highest level is being a head coach and running his own program and proving you know that he's a really good coach. He wanted to be you know the greatest as a player, and now he wants to be the greatest as a coach. And that is some of the drive that makes these guys who they are. And what's up, Sean? Welcome to chat. So I, I think that's, you know, yeah, we'd like to keep D'Amico Ryans. And I know I've said as well that if I was Jed York, I would offer him a lot of money to stay in San Francisco and be the defensive coordinator for the 49ers moving forward. But 
you know, you gotta gotta kind of see it from D'Amico's standpoint as well. Like, hey, there's gonna be a lot of opportunities out there. He's gonna look for the right opportunity. If he finds one, I believe that has a pretty good quarterback situation, then I think uh, D'Amico will go in. Uh, Sean says any news on Trent? Nothing new. Uh, the news on Trent Williams was that he did get a warm up in against uh the green or i'm sorry against the panthers like before practice or before the game he got a little bit of work in on the field and you know i think he's getting close but i don't know if he's gonna play against atlanta i wouldn't expect him to play against atlanta another turf field the four years are definitely leery of it especially with banks and that become having some you know problems with the turf causing tendonitis you don't want to put a guy with a sprained ankle out there wait until you play kansas city with the grass I think that is the best time to do it. You're going to need him the most against Kansas City. Play him then. He'll get all the dust off or rust off, and then you play him against the Rams the next week as well. But I think if he's not ready to go against Kansas City, it will be the Rams knowing they have a bye week, though, next week for him to rest again. So I think that is somewhat important to remember. Um, but we'll see what happens with Trent. But I think we're looking like Kansas City. That's my thought process on the whole thing. Joe says CMC pay cut for serious chance at a ring. Yeah, if he thinks he's going to win a ring, then got it, right? I mean, that's what it's up to. 49ers are definitely in the market to win a championship ring this week or this year. Uh, the defense is championship caliber. And if the 49ers offense cannot turn over the football and continue to move the ball the way they did against the Panthers, against a pretty good defense, they're going to score enough points for this defense to consistently win games. Uh, so I think the the 49ers team is built for success, especially in the playoffs, a strong running game, a really great defense, and a quarterback that's converting on third downs. So that was a big difference in the Carolina game compared to like the Denver game was third down efficiency. You're able to get third down conversions. You're able to run the football. You're able to continue uh, drives, which keeps your defense off the field, meaning less opportunities for the opposing offense. But also it means your team gets to establish some sort of a rhythm. And when this offense gets into rhythm, that's when they're tough to stop. Kyle Shanahan, that his best when it's seven, eight, nine, ten play drives, uh, where he can just start picking people apart and getting a rhythm and how the defense is calling games and stuff. Uh, when you're going one, two, three, and out, it, you can't get in a rhythm as a play caller. So I think that's something to remember as well, the way that they're handling things up. John says, I'm glad we got the early game because I missed last week on the clock. I, it's it's funny because John wants early games because uh, you're on that East Coast side. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm on the West Coast. I work at night, so 10 o'clock games are rough for me. So I'm on the other end of this from you, John. But yeah, I think that, you know, having these early games are good for some people. And for some like me, it's it's not so much. Um, but I since I have other stuff going on in the afternoon, I'm kind of excited about it. Get to watch the 49ers early. Uh, and if the and if and when the 49ers win, it'll make the rest of the Sunday so much better, right? Uh, I'm just excited about that. The, the Sundays are are good. Football is back, and I think that's always fun when we have football, uh, because it gives you something to do and it's something exciting. Uh, I love NFL football. I love college football too. Just don't get to watch it as much. So for those of you that have jumped in late, kind of the updates that the 49ers have made. Uh, Tevin Coleman. Um, Kevin Coleman show, you know, is now a part of the active roster. Marlon Mack uh, has, has joined the practice squad. As, lo as, as, lo as far as uh, the kicker, they went with Sloman as well. Sam Sloman, he's going to be on the practice squad as well. They cut ben, uh, Kirk Benkirk, uh, the quarterback that it came over from Green Bay and was on the practice squad. He's gone. And then he gave, up a, gave a variety of updates on several guys. Uh, so 
Joel says the, that early game is 3 a.m. here in Guam. You take the cake, Joel. <laughs> you take the cake. That's tough. And Twisted Clown says, shout out to the night crew. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to the night crew. Uh, Sean says, I'm le- I am legit stoked for Coleman. He looked really, really good. Uh, he is, you know, that was the thing is Tevin Coleman, when he was signed, you know, some people came in and said, hey, you know, I think Coleman's going to be an impact player on this team. And I was kind of sitting there and, and being like, uh, I think he's just an emergency only guy because they had signed Marlon Mack. They had Tevin Coleman come in for a tryout with Marlon Mack and then sign Marlon Mack. Like, okay, Mack just looked better. Mack, they're going to roll with. And they didn't. And uh, Mack ended up making the active roster because of more injuries to TDP and everything. But then here comes Tevin Coleman. And ever since he got on the field, he's done a pretty good job. He's 29 years old, so he's still on this side of 30. And, you know, that's the thing. You have a guy that Kyle Shanahan counts on. I mean, who else are you going to draw up a play for to go you know down the sideline for a deep pass against a nickel corner? other than somebody you trust like Tevin Coleman. So I thought it was a nice one-two punch between Coleman and uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. And Wilson Jr. has continued to look good, continue to look explosive, be decisive. And those are things that you need from your running back room. And I thought the running back room with those two together was the best that we've seen since Trey Lance got hurt. Because with Trey Lance, the run game was killing it with over 170 yards per game. Since then, it had kind of fallen off. But I think this offense was reinventing itself, reshaping, so that way they could get an offense led by Jimmy Garoppolo and a run game that now needed some outside zone. And Tevin Coleman was able to run some outside zone against the Carolina Panthers. And I think that's good news for the 49ers moving forward because Kyle Shanahan had said to Troy Aikman that he didn't really think he had the backs now that fit the scheme. Because things change when you got Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm compared to Trey Lance where you want big physical guys uh, that can get vertical real quick, go downhill. And then you've got guys that you need to get outside zone with Jimmy Garoppolo so you can move the pocket and move defenders horizontally to create passing lanes. Different style, uh, same offense, different style, different running backs to be able to execute those things. Um, So, yeah, and that's what Sean is saying here, too. Coleman runs that outside zone so well. He does. He does a really good job with it. Uh, he's, he's, He's a nice player, and I thought he looked just as fast as when he was in San Francisco before. Uh, he he looked like he could get to this outside and he can make some plays. So I'm excited about Coleman. I'm excited that TDP returned to practice. I almost forgot about that. TDP is back at practice. So we're going to start seeing his window open. He's going to start. I'm sorry. He didn't even, wasn't even on IR, but he's going to start working back in. We'll see if the 49ers make him active for this game. Uh, but that's good news. TDP is getting close. Elijah Mitchell's a few weeks away. So the 49ers are going to get healthy at the running back position. I think that's good. They need that strength to to be there. Get strength at the offensive line. Daniel Brunskill's back. Trent Williams is getting close. So we're getting close to getting some guys back. The good news is we've only lost a few players for the whole year. We lost Maurice Hurst. We lost uh, Trey Lance. We lost Emmanuel Mosley. This is a little bit different from 2020 where we had lost everyone for the whole year. So uh, good news for the 49ers is they have guys that are going to be able to come back. And the next up mentality, next man up mentality is real. And it's going strong. For the 49ers, they have guys consistently stepping up and making plays for the football team, and they're going to be asked with the same thing. So far, let's see what Sean says here. Hey, bro, what are your thoughts on the two roughing the passer calls? Uh, Bad. You know what I mean? That's the thing. So these roughing the passer calls are really bad. Uh, the one on Tom Brady, I mean, that could have been one of the most egregious I've ever seen. I mean, there was nothing about that play that was roughing the passer. And it ended up costing Atlanta an opportunity to win that football game. 
I think that was just so bad. Uh, the roughing the passer yeah, calls haven't been great, but we've seen this before, right? Ahmad Brooks against uh, Drew Brees. These uh, pa roughing the passer calls are one of those things where it's just the judgment of the ref, and the ref's going to make his judgment, and there isn't a complete guideline for it. Uh, I wish that there was somebody, you know, that they had one of these guys that's up in the booth. You know, some of the other leagues have experimented with it because I can say, hey, that wasn't a penalty and just wipe that penalty away. You have the flag thrown and have somebody up there watching an observer say, hey, you know what, that's not a penalty. Because um, whenever it influences a game to that impact, it, it changes a lot of things. And, you know, Tampa Bay improved their situation. Now, they were ahead. They could have won the football game. Their defense was playing well. Um, but it negated Atlanta an opportunity. So I think you got to remember those. Uh, but the quarterback is going to be the most protected player on the field. And uh, that's just kind of how they handle it. Twisted Clown says imaginary sacks will be a stat. <laughs> I love that, Twisted Clown. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, but the way the league calls certain things uh, can be frustrating at times. I mean, we don't see uh, holding calls. I mean, offensive holding does not exist against the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, you rarely see it. I know Bosa's got a couple of them, which is good. Um, but overall, it just it hasn't really went that well as far as calls going in the 49ers direction. I'm just glad we haven't got any of these crazy passes. I'm uh, roughing the passer penalties because those things have been really, really frustrating. And I, I mean, you saw it, the outrage and an uproar from around the around the league. You know, uh, Troy Igman said some interesting things about it. He wasn't happy about it. But yeah, I mean, it, it's getting closer and closer to flag football. And we know the Pro Bowl is already going to flag. So uh, hey, Bomber T says, hey, Ant, any update on Bosa injury? Yeah, so uh, thanks for jumping in, Bomber T. Is Nick Bosa, uh, his, his groin is kind of close. So he did not practice today, but Kyle Shannon did not rule him out for Sunday either. Uh, my expectation is that Bosa won't play against Atlanta. I think they're just going to be really careful with him. Uh, they know they got some big games coming up against Kansas City and the Rams, and then a bye week after that. So I think they're going to be super cautious with uh, Nick Bosa, but it wasn't feeling good enough for him to practice. And if it's not feeling good enough, you have to wait until it is. You don't want to rush a groin injury for sure. I've heard a lot of people say it could be two to three weeks before Bosa's back. And I mean, really, if you could get him back by the Rams, that would be fantastic. So you might not see him in the next couple of weeks, but it is optimistic. And at least it's not something he has to have surgery on. It's not a groin pull where he could be out multiple weeks. I think that is good news overall. And what's up, Sacktown? Is he says, will Kamoko Ture play versus the Falcons? Yeah, I fully expect Kamoko Ture to play against the Falcons, especially because, you know, Bosa's probably going to be out of the rotation. You're going to need Ture to be a part of that rotation, especially with Charles Aminahue and Kerry Hyder consistently getting snaps on the inside. You have to have some give and take somewhere, and Ture is going to be that guy. Hopefully, Ture, he has a nasty spin move. I've seen him use it against the Panthers. Uh, Kamoko Ture is going to have to, you know, make some plays, and hopefully he will. He showed out during preseason. Let's see if he's going to be able to do it now. But I fully expect him to get snaps in this game. Ivan says, "Do you prefer Bosa for the Falcons or the Chiefs?" Yeah, it would have to be Chiefs. Um, I, I, I would not rush Bosa back. Even the Chiefs, it's not a huge game the Warriors have to win. Now, do you want to win uh, for the overall record? Yes, but it's not an NFC matchup, so it doesn't count in the playoffs. It's not an NFC West matchup, so it doesn't count that way. I think the main thing is getting him back for the Los Angeles Rams because a win over the Rams would be absolutely huge for this 49ers team. 3-0 and in the division and two wins over the Los Angeles Rams, who seem to be the second-best team in the division. 
that would be huge for the 49ers. They would have an absolute stranglehold on the NFC West and have a really good chance to make the playoffs. So I think that's kind of what I'm thinking. Let him sit, let him get better. Um, and we'll we'll find out where this thing is over the next you know few days if he practices out in West Virginia or not. I don't expect him to practice. I expect him to kind of drag this thing along so that way Atlanta can't prepare for a team that doesn't have Nick Bosa. But I think at some point they will rule him out and then he'll come back either Kansas City or the Rams. And my guess would be the Rams. I just don't think they'll rush him back too early. Bomber C says, do you think we should go all in this year? I do. I think they have a defense that is all in caliber. Whenever you have a championship caliber uh, defense like this, you ha- you should have an all in mentality. I think John Lynch will, you know, turn over every stone to bring guys in. He proved it in 2019 with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he's willing to bring guys in, and we'll see what they ultimately do. And there's going to be some guys available. Apparently, the Panthers are on a fire sell. They're going to be looking to move guys. And I'm sure as more of these teams fall out of the hunt, they will be looking to move some of their uh, players for draft capital as well, moving some of their more expensive veterans uh, to go ahead and be able to bring cheap options in in the future and when you have a wholesale change in head coach like matt rule you know you're going a different direction you don't know what you know ultimately that offensive defense is going to look like so you can move on from certain players that you don't feel are going to be cornerstones in the future i think that's something to remember Actown izzy says shani said gray is having an illness yes uh that is true uh he missed practice with an illness ivan says do you see coleman being a big part of the running backs i think right now he will be the questions are going to be when TDP comes back, you, know, you can have four running backs on your on your roster. You keep three active. Who will those active players be? At that point, does Jordan Mason become inactive? And then what happens when Elijah Mitchell comes back after the bye week? Um, then you have a log jam, and the Forges are going to have to make some decisions there on what they do you know, with the other players. So Forges are going to have decisions at running back. They're going to go from having a – a little bit of a struggle with depth to having too much depth. I guess it's a good problem to have, but they're going to have to make those decisions here pretty soon. John says Jackson appears to be coming along nicely. I think we'll have really good depth along the D-line. Jackson looks to be improving. He does. Uh, Drake Jackson's doing a pretty good job, and he's doing really good in those uh, NASCAR packages. When they move him inside, they had one where they had him and Bolson in the B-gaps this week. Uh, they were both standing up, so they're doing some creative things with him, Bosa, Aminahue, um and Ebucom, you know those are some speed guys that can get after you so creativity along the defensive line is something drake jackson definitely affords them because he's tremendously athletic so he can get after it um so i'm i'm definitely excited about you know his potential drake jackson can do some things um but we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with drake overall um and if he continues to develop which i fully expect him to develop over the next you know several weeks uh because I mean, he's a young guy who was coming from a little bit different scheme. When he was playing with the the USC Trojans, they played him off ball sometimes. So uh, he's getting used to having his hand in the ground consistently. And I think he's doing a pretty good job overall. Two sacks, only one behind uh, Hutchinson for a leader as far as rookies go. Ivan says, do you see the Niners make any moves with the Panthers? I think if the right situation uh, afforded it, uh, they got guys. They got Derek Brown. You know, they got Brian Burns. They got CMC. Those guys would be players the 49ers would be interested in, but at what price? You know, and that's the thing. You have to measure how much draft capital you're going to give up with how much financial responsibility you're going to take on. And I think that's one thing the 49ers will have to uh, figure out. Um, so maybe 
Uh, but we'll see. I know one thing. John Lynch will make phone calls. He will find out markets on players because he's always looking to improve his team because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. There's You don't want to be stagnant. You want to get better. And having an influx of talent is always a good thing as long as it doesn't cost you too much in another end. But if you feel like you have a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl, you go do it. You just don't know how many opportunities you're going to have to do it. Foreigners have had opportunities in 2019 and 2021 where they could have won a Super Bowl. And now they got to go ahead and take care of business. So I think that they possibly could. But thanks, everyone, for watching this 49ers news update right here on 49ers Cutback. There's going to be lots of content coming out over the next couple of days. I really appreciate having a great conversation with every single one of you. Uh, great questions, as usual. 49ers looking to beat the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the new the 49ers um, uh, show coming up. I'm going to be doing a game preview show. That's going to be coming up. So you guys go stay looking for that one. Uh, but thank you guys so much for everything, uh, for hopping on the channel. Like the video. Subscribe if you haven't already. Really appreciate everything. So uh, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.